0: Thank you for downloading this message from Roots Community Church. We pray that you are encouraged by the word. If you're looking for more information, please visit us at rccphoenix.com.
1: There are many places in scripture where God commands people and us in general as believers, people in the Old Testament, New Testament, and through um, wisdom teachings to be prepared for things that are coming and one of those instances is jeremiah now if you haven't read the book of jeremiah or are unfamiliar with it haven't read it in a while jeremiah is a prophet that god has instructed to go and speak to um the the people of israel now the people of israel have newsflash made god angry because they have disobeyed him again and again and again by uh, committing themselves to worshiping false gods, other gods, giving themselves to, you know, wicked and immoral and debaucherous behavior. <clears throat> and God, what he does, is he raises up a prophet and he sends through the prophet that message that, hey, man, you guys have stepped out of line. I see that you have stepped out of line and I'm going to come through. It's not going to be good when I come through. There's going to be some punishment that happens and again, an opportunity for you to be restored. But first, there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some correction because you have blatantly went against the thing that I have laid out for you to do. So God is upset with the kingdom of Israel and also the kingdom of Judah because they had been split at this point in time. And he is sending Jeremiah to say, hey, um, there's some bad stuff that's coming down the road for you because of your disobedience, okay? Then he says... Um, So when he he starts with Jeremiah, he says, hey, I want you to go speak. I'm going to put my words in your mouth. Jeremiah pushes back and says, I am too young to do this. And God says, don't say that you're too young to do that uh, because I'm with you. It's my words in your mouth. Don't be afraid. People are going to say stuff and do stuff, but I'm going to step up uh, with you. And he's preparing him for what he's about to do. He can see ahead what's coming because God's word has explained it to him. He can see what's coming, and now he is getting prepared to go out there and carry out what God put in his heart and his hands to do. So Jeremiah 1, 17 through 19, this is what God tells Jeremiah. Get up and prepare for action. Go out and tell them everything I, I tell you to say. Don't be afraid of them, or I will make you look foolish in front of them. For see, today I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land, the kings, the officials, the priests, the people of Judah. They will fight you, but they will fail. For I am with you and I will take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. What he's saying here is I've already told you what's coming. There's stuff that's coming. Now that I've told you what's coming, prepare for what's coming. Prepare your response, prepare your delivery, prepare your message, prepare everything that's been given, that's been deposited in you, prepare because you know what's coming. Proverbs 22.3, Solomon kind of gives us an, a, a general uh, note of wisdom here. He says, a prudent person foresees dangers and takes precaution. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So when he's talking about the prudent person, he's, what he's talking about? The person who can see what's coming, he sees what's down the road, and then he takes precautions, he makes adjustments, he's preparing to do something different because he can see what's coming, and the person who is a simpleton, the fool, is just going blindly on and suffering the consequences. The people who are not preparing for what's coming, not preparing for what God has lined out for them to do, and they're just living for today. They're just, you know... Uh, they're just pardoning it out. They're just whatever. They're throwing their concerns to the wind. I don't care about tomorrow. We're only living for today. Um, it makes me think of an old song that I won't sing, but uh, it's bouncing around in my head um, that happens from time to time. Um, but uh, these, uh, he, he's saying, look, if you're going to be wise and wisdom is knowledge correctly applied, if you can see what's coming and you're going to rightly apply what's coming into an action for you, it's going to... It's wise for you to prepare for what's coming and make adjustments now. Look ahead. Luke 21, 34 through 36. Jesus is telling his followers, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day, which is the, the day of his coming. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap. For that day will come upon everyone living on earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. Again, what picture is he painting? There's something coming. Everybody prepare. Get ready now beforehand. Prepare for action. Prepare for what's coming and prepare for your response. So, I don't want... I don't, what I want to do is focus on this idea of preparing for action, but I don't want to be general about it. I don't want you to, um, you know, there's a, a speaker trick that happens from time to time where a speaker or a preacher will leave something very vague or general so that you put yourself in the situation, right? This is dangerous because we put ourselves into the story. You are not Jeremiah. I'm not Jeremiah. We have to take the principles that God's teaching us and then apply the principles, take the truth about his character and apply those things to our life as we're going and following him. So as he's saying repeated times through scripture, prepare, prepare, prepare. We need to take stock and remember that that is a command for us today. We're not putting ourselves into it. And I don't want to leave it general because you could be like, you could be convinced from a you know internet news source that something crazy is about to happen in America. I got phone calls during COVID that I should I, uh, from people of uh, my relatives telling me that I should have four to six months of food stored up somewhere because the power grid was going down and the stores were shutting and there was not going to be any gas and. There's going to be people attacking us left and right and bodies in the streets from the COVID, you know, all this stuff. And so there's a lot of that, that if I leave it general and say, prepare for what's coming, you could be like, bunkers, bullets, and beef. That's what I need to store, which are two of those, the bullets and the beef. I'm really for, right? Like, if you got a bunker, just tell me where it is, and I'll come with you in case something happens. But um, I'm not building one right now. Um, now, I'm not talking about not preparing for something because all of us have people that we know in our life. And if you don't know anybody immediately, your grandparents or your great grandparents probably went through the Great Depression. And they've and they said, put a little bit off to the side. Always have a little bit extra for these, you know, for hard times, for times where you don't know if you can get to the store, or, you know, inflation, all this kind of stuff. And so follow that wisdom. That's wise. What I'm not telling you is, is to stockpile weapons because somebody online is like, we're being overtaken. You know what I mean? And there might be some of that, that you go, well, down the road, that could be true. But it doesn't, I don't want it to leave it general so that you will plug in your worst fear into the scenario and prepare on your fear as opposed to preparing with your faith. If you prepare based on your fear, you are going to have a whole bunch of stuff stockpiled that you will probably never use. But if you prepare on your faith, what, I, what, that was, I feel like that was like a, <laughs> veiled, like it was a veiled shot at me. Um, I, it's like, well, there's something that flew over my head right there, like a shot across the bow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, wow. I'm the, whew, I had to recover from that one. I felt the sting. Um, but, um, thank you. Um, but, Um, but I'm thinking of all the things that are in storage right now. I got to go clean out after the service. But if you prepare with fear, you're going to have a whole bunch of stuff you don't need. If you prepare with faith, you're going to prepare correctly for the things that we know are coming. So what do we know based on scripture? What do we know is coming? Well, that's one of the things, but there's a bunch of stuff that's coming. So let's talk about what's coming. And I've broken them down into kind of like three little sections here for you and bullet points for you to. To, for us to kind of go through. Okay. <clears throat> so the first one is this, this first group we're going to talk about is these opportunities. Opportunities are coming for you. Opportunities to what? First bullet point, plant and water seeds, plant and water seeds. First Corinthians three, seven through nine. It is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who water work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work, for we are both God's workers, and you are God's field, you are God's building. Does he say here that God calls people specifically, like like a small group of people, to plant in water? No. That is all of you. Every word you speak, every action that you have, everything that you do either plants or waters a seed. That has been um, deposited earlier. I don't know if you guys have heard or seen some of the interviews uh, by a, a semi famous person back in the day who recently gave their life to Christ. Um, it's, a, it's a lady, and her name is Kate Von D. <clears throat> she used to be married to this you know guy who's on television, fixed motorcycles and stuff. And, and she's not married to him anymore, but she recently got saved. And I watched her in an interview, and here's what she said <clears throat> I was heavily involved in the New Age was heavily involved in like crystals and seances and, you know, and, and palm reading and tarot cards and stuff like that. She's heavily involved in all this stuff. But every time she went, she would think, this is kind of crazy. And when she would go, she would observe that all these people who were doing all the crystals and all the drugs and the psychedelics and all this kind of stuff, all these people were normally miserable They would stab each other in the back they were frustrated and they were broke and and not that you know and, and well then she said i started thinking back to all these christian people that i knew and they were the people that weren't divorced most of them they all had their families together their kids were kind of respectful they had they weren't super wealthy, but they at least had a budget and a money in the bank. You know what I mean? Like didn't have to be like, hey, can I hold $25 until three o'clock tomorrow when I get my check or whatever? You know, they're most of them are not doing that kind of stuff. And there's exceptions, but she's like, for the most part, I looked at them and went, man, I would rather be like that. Why are you like that? Now, how did that happen? People lived and talked around her and to her correctly. They acted the way they're supposed to be acting as believers. They talked the way they're supposed to be talking as believers. They weren't hypocritical. And what happened? These seeds were planted and watered in her. And as they begin to grow and as God began to grow them, she began to go, man, I thought this was all the new cool thing, but I'm looking over here going, I would rather live like this. People planted, people watered, and here you have a former celebrity, former New Age, formerly divorced woman who was in the spotlight, all tatted up and everything, who's, who, who people just decided she's unsaved. I don't care what her particular brand of sin is. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to keep living. I'm going to keep sowing. I'm going to keep watering. I'm going to keep planting until one day at the end of all that, she goes, dang, I need to, I need to give my life to Christ. <clears throat> the story will not play out the way you think it is 99 times out of 100 you're not walking in and being like let me tell you the truth and they fall out on the ground and shake and you know the music goes and you're like get up you're new you know and people you know and they're like i just don't even think the way i used to think before most of the time that's not how it happens most of the time god is using your planting your watering over a long period of time because why that slow growth is good growth that immediate stuff you and i know people who are like forget it i need to give my life to christ right now and three months later they were back to doing drugs and shooting at the neighbors a kid in my in my youth group back in florida did that He was most on fire for three months and just burned himself right out and went back to it because it was not a there was no process that he went through make sense we are planting and watering seeds and everything that we do. You're going to have an opportunity to plant and water this year. It's coming. 100% guaranteed. That that passage right there assures it for you. Mm -hmm. What else is coming? Conversations. Next bullet point. Conversations. Conversations are coming for you. First Peter 3, 14 through 16. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being what? Prepared. Prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having, good, good, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your behavior in Christ may be put to shame. You need to know now, that people are going to ask you questions and push back on what you believe and you need to prepare now how are we going to answer the question? Can you articulate what the gospel is in two minutes or less? Can you articulate what the gospel is in a longer conversation? Are you comfortable being vulnerable enough to share how God transformed your life, you should get comfortable with it now. Well, people will think I'm imperfect. Guess what? They already think that. I'm under no delusion that the people come here who come here are perfect. Hope I didn't just break your heart on that one. You should be under no delusion that I am perfect or the people who preach here. That's where I was expecting that. Amen for my wife. There we go. <clears throat> That's the one I was expecting. <laughs> um, but you need to be prepared now for what's going to happen. And the what's going to happen is a conversation for you to defend what you believe. Your job isn't to defend Jesus, it's the, to defend your faith in him. What else is coming? What else are we going to be prepared for? What opportunity? Next bullet point. We need to be prepared to have the opportunity to act like Jesus. <clears throat> act like Jesus. Philippians 2, 3 through 5. This one's plain and straightforward. When you do things, don't let selfishness or pride be your guide. Instead, be humble and give more honor to others than yourselves. Don't be interested in only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. In your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. What is he saying? You were gonna have an opportunity to mouth off, to default to your pride, to to ignore other people, to think more of yourself than than you think of someone else. To When someone's talking, tune out because you don't care. You are going to have the opportunities to do that. However, now you need to prepare that you gotta have the patience, the endurance, the empathy, the compassion, The love for them to listen to what they're saying, not be selfish, but to think and act, respond accordingly like Jesus. All of those three things are going to happen to you this year. Bless you. Those things are coming for you. So, the vast majority of people abandon all their New Year's resolutions by January 31st. A third of people are done with them by the eighth of the month, literally after the first week, they're done. So now as some of you, not all of you, but some of you are like, you know, I'm, I'm done with all this stuff that I said I was gonna do. I've been living so far, I'll just keep living like this. As you turn your attention to the, the, the future of this year, you need to know that these things are coming. And you gotta prepare for them now, Okay. The next two things are kind of a group that I'm saying <clears throat> that I'm calling resistance to the gospel message that's coming. How are you going to see the resistance to the gospel message? Mockery. Mockery. <clears throat> Second Peter 3, 3 through 4. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. Anybody see that around them? They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? For before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same. And when the world was first created, Uh, let me put that in traditional language. Uh, Where is your Jesus, bro? What's taking so long? He ain't come back yet. More than 2,000 years since he died and supposedly rose. And you're still over here waiting? You're part of this stupid group of people who need a crutch of religion. You're not strong enough to stand on your own and realize life is nothing and means nothing and started from nothing and ends in nothing. There's going to be that mockery coming. Now I don't normally get into talking about uh, things like this, but it was just a great example for, um, for mockery. I saw it this week and um, there's a little, little uh, a hip-hop artist. His name is Little, not L-I-T-T-L-E, but L-I-L, because God forbid you use those other letters in that word, Lil Nas X. Now, Lil Nas X started um, his career as a singing to children about cowboys. He was a cowboy, a very gay cowboy, but he was one, and he kind of pitched that to the kids. Kids liked them, and parents were like, oh, it's kind of a harmless little song. And then he kind of progressed over uh, the course of a year to a full-blown uh, Satan worshiper. So he took black Nike shoes, painted them red, uh, put a drop of his own blood, I think, inside the shoe somewhere, put 666 on them and was trying to sell them. Nike sued him, by the way, to say, hey, bro what are you doing? So even the secular companies are like, bro, he's up, dude. (laughs) You can't be doing that with our shoes. But he does. He did that to promote his new music video, which illustrated him. All the children are in the other room. Okay, good. Um, All uh, Illustrated him giving a lap dance in hell to the devil. Okay. Right. So look, if you haven't seen this, Just I went through the torture of watching it for you, so just like just just trust me on this one. It's terrible, right? So he's giving a a gay lap dance to the devil in hell, wearing horns, all this kind of stuff, and all what what, all the online Christian people, what do they do? This is the Antichrist, and he he loved the attention. Blew up his album, became you know used it to 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 kind of you know you know blow himself up. Well, then he kind of went away. And he decided that the next thing that he wanted to do to get attention was this week or last week, uh, go the other way and announce last month that he was a Christian. <clears throat> and so some, of us, some people were like, this would be good for you if it's true, but you've kind of been trolling everybody for a long time. <clears throat> and so then he releases his new music video called j christ <clears throat> where he by his own admission and all of the uh all of the um uh the the articles that wrote about it decided he would portray jesus as a gay transgender man and dress and high heels prancing around the pearly gates in heaven descending wow. into hell and then dressing up as moses parting the red sea for his uh his um his uh k- life community to kind of part across the seas with him and announce that I don't care what you Christian people think I can serve God and how could I clean this one up uh perform I'll leave right there certain things on other people at the same time you don't get to tell me what I get to do and love Jesus then he posted an acceptance letter to Liberty University, the Christian University, that he got accepted to Liberty University. He mocked it to. make he, he, it, was, it was a, a fake. <clears throat> and all of this is done for publicity to what? mock believers. Because if he mocked Muhammad, he may not still be alive today. Yeah, that's just a, the, the brass tacks of it, right? But he mocks Christianity. And I'm not trying to paint the picture that this has never happened before. People have mocked Christianity before. People have gone in, in the name of art and tried to mock Christianity. But the thing that got me wasn't just the fact that he did all this and it makes my skin crawl. And that I'm like, dude, I better not ever see you. Just me and you somewhere. You know what I mean? Like kind of angered me a little bit. It wasn't just that. It was the, it was the articles that were read that were written about it. Let me just give you a couple of the headlines. Little Nos X opens the gates of heaven for his new video single, J Christ. Um, uh, Little Nos X is a snatched up Jesus serving pop
0: blasphemy. Um,
1: the uh, Little Nos X is, um, video is irreverent. And important And if you read the article that's currently, you can Google yourself MSNBC, where he talks about how important it is for him to stand against the chokehold that Christianity has on America. And I'm going, there's a chokehold of Christianity on America. No <clears throat> I'm not telling you this, so you go online and find his Twitter account and rebuke him in the name of Jesus or rub oil on your screen so that his Twitter falls apart or something like that. That's not what I'm telling you to do. I'm not telling you to get angry and start being like, we're going to go on a little Nas X anti-him rant. No, I'm telling you it's becoming more and more acceptable and more and more celebrated to mock Jesus. What did he say? I want to remind you in the last day, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires.
0: This has happened before,
1: but for us, living where we live, 15 years ago, the secular people may have come for him. Today, everyone's going,
0: it's just beautiful art. See what I
1: mean? The whole point of me telling you this the mockery of your faith is not just coming, it's here. And it will get worse. How do I know? Next bullet point. Extreme hardship for believers. <clears throat> Extreme hardship for believers. Second <clears throat> Timothy 3, 1 through 5. You should know this, Timothy. This is Paul talking to Timothy, a, a, a young pastor. That in the last days, there will be very difficult times. Does he say there might be 50-50 chance if you don't follow what I'm saying to do or my moral religious code that things are not going to go well? No. What do he say? Will. Will be very difficult times for people who love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedience to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. How many of those did we just check off in the last story I just told you? They will be unloving and forgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. Uh, I think we ticked off all of those on the boxes already. They will act religious, but they will reject power. That could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. He continues in verse 12. And everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, everybody say this word with me, will suffer persecution. This is another problem I have with the prosperity gospel. Because it teaches you that all your sicknesses, all your struggles, all your issues, all your problems in life, all your financial you know, discrepancies or whatever, the, the problems that you're having are all tied because you don't believe in God enough. Some of them are your responsibility. You just made bad decisions. I've been in that boat, reaping what you sowed. But he's saying here that everyone, without exception, who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I'm only here to tell you what Scripture says is coming. It's coming. Okay, so this next one, these next two are hit what Brian talked about earlier. Day end times. okay? Christ's second coming, our next bullet point. Christ's second coming. <clears throat> Hebrews 9, 27 through 28. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes a judgment, judgment so also Christ was offered once for all time and is a sacrifice to, make a, to take away the sins of many people. He will Come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to those who are eagerly waiting for him. What's coming? Jesus. Have there a bunch of, a bunch of people who, made, who profited off of 8, 8 of 88, 9, 9 of 99 and predicted times and the four blood moons and the, the harbingers and all that kind of stuff? Have all that have they profited off that because they built fear in people because I want to know what the book is so I can prepare and stack up a whole bunch of temporary things, even though this is an eternal, uh, an eternal event? Yes, that's happened. But just because we got people who have done that and have been wildly wrong at every turn does not mean it's not happening.
0: He is coming. That
1: is ahead of us. Probably not in 2024. But if the pace of all this stuff increases, who no. knows? The next one, judgment day. <clears throat> judgment day is coming. Romans 14, 10 through 13. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. <clears throat> For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. These are just a few of the things that I want to draw your attention to that are coming. Now, these are coming for every single one of us. There might be some things specifically coming for you. There might be a, a business that's in your future that God could decide to use to build out something for your family. There could be a job change. There could be uh, expanding a ministry to a different city, right? There could be a lot of things that are coming ahead of you that will be specific to you. And you definitely need to prepare for those things as the spirit of God communicates to you, leads you through his word, through his voice, through his spirit, through his providence, through his peace, as he begins to communicate to you, you need to prepare for those things that are coming. I don't want you to to negate that. What I want you to do, though, is know that every single one of us need to prepare now because everything I just read in his word is promised coming. Prepare now. So we need to prepare. What does, and I want to I kind of do a little bit of a, hopefully this will make this a little memorable for you. I want to do a little word play here for you, okay? <clears throat> Prepare. What's that mean, just in general? Anybody? Get ready. So that implies what? I'm doing it ahead of time. Right here, right? Just pre, right? I want to kind of take this word and just do a creative thing with it real quick and hopefully it'll be something that sticks in your mind. When we prepare, let's break this into two sections.
0: Pre, meaning before, and not P-A-R-E, but P-A-I-R. Before you walk down the road and deal with what's coming. What are you pairing with? What are you joining to? What are you attaching yourself to? Before.
1: Pre-joining. Before the year starts. Before the conversations happen. Before the opportunities are the door is open on the opportunities before the um, mockery gets even worse, before the second coming, before the, the times where you're going to be challenged to act like Jesus, what are you pairing yourself with before those things happen? Because what you join with now is going to impact how you walk down that road. It's going to impact how you deal with the things that are coming. It's going to impact if you are ready when that conversation that's coming for you is kicked down the road or you bail on it, or are you ready for this? I have prepared for this. I have joined with something beforehand because I know everything in his word is true He has never lied. There's no shadow of turning in him. There is not one ounce of deceit. There's not one thing that will not happen that is recorded in his word. This word is his word. And since he is perfect, what he speaks is perfect. This is coming, every bit of it. And not in a freak you out kind of way, but in a, hey, he told his prophets. He told us in, in, uh, in, in, Proverbs, through the wisest man not named Jesus to ever live, Solomon. And he told us in the New Testament, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. That doesn't mean get ready for your blessing. Get ready for the financial increase. Get ready for the, 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 the Bentley. Get ready for the... Da, da, da. I'm not talking about all that. I don't care if you have any of that stuff. That's a, That's temporary. Mike's got to change the oil under the hood in the Bentley just like he does in my truck. A little different oil, different process, but guess what? Same thing. Give or take a few hundred thousand dollars, (laughs) right? But ultimately, what? It's still an oil change. Same thing. So I don't want you to mistake the generalized, get ready, get ready, get ready for the business, get ready for the explosion, sorry, get ready for me to throw something at you, get ready for me to, thank you for that, Uh, get ready for all the things that are coming, get ready for the blessing, get ready for the outpours, okay, look, fine, get ready for all of that stuff, but this is the stuff, thank you, this is the stuff right here that we know is coming. That financial abundance increase, it's going to make you a millionaire. It's not going to happen to everybody in this room. I hope that it does. I pray it does. But just from history and looking through statistics and phases of life, probably not going to happen to everybody. You still got to be faithful because what is coming? You giving a personal account with what you did with your time, talent, and treasure. You got to give an account for that. I'm not going to be able to stay there and be like, hey, well, see what happened was, God be like, uh, excuse me, uh, quiet. I'm dealing with my child here. You're his, you're not mine. So, what are we pairing ourselves with now? The get ready, get ready, get ready is this stuff in his word is coming. There are other things specific for you in your life this year that is coming. Great things, things you're not expecting, things that are gonna let you down, things that are gonna be frustrating. All of that is coming this year. You need to follow the direction of his word and pre yourself with something now before it happens. What are we pairing with? <clears throat> Let me give you four things that everybody should be preparing with. First one, next bullet point on your notes, God's word. <clears throat> That's kind of general, Matt. Really? Uh, let's, let's look at the specifics on what he says here. 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Matt, I don't feel equipped to do talk about these things. I don't really feel like I could really understand and have the courage to prepare ahead of time to, to, um, to have these conversations. I'm not prepared to What am I going to say or how am I going to react to the mockery? How do you prepare? Uh, What did this just say that prepares and equips us? One of the things is his word. If you feel unprepared, open that book up that we're all supposed to be reading and following and consume it. Consume his word. How do I know all of the stuff I just talked about is coming? I put scriptures with every single one of them. It's in his word. What is it doing? Preparing us. It's equipping us to do every good work. You can be prepared. The church has an obligation to prepare. Like the leaders in the church to equip and prepare you to do the work. But the other part of that preparation is on you to consume his word. Matt, I don't really... I don't really read the Bible or listen to it or anything outside of church on Sunday. That's a problem. I, you're learning something, but you got to be in that. Why? Because it's preparing you to know what's coming and how to deal with it. The second thing you should be pairing yourself with now before all the struggle comes is Prayer. Prayer. James 1.5, if you need wisdom, ask your generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. When it says ask, how do you ask God? You pray. You ask him. You go to him in prayer. Well, I I could do a a whole series that we, we have before on prayer. The Lord's prayer. When you pray, pray like this. He's giving you parameters of things to include in your prayer. Pray, talk to him. It's a conversation with God. Pray. Do you think if you had a direct conversation daily with the person who controls the beginning and the end, he's the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. He knows the beginning from the end, he knows what's going to happen in the next second and the next million seconds? He knows what's going to happen. And when he's returning, he knows what, what, what threshold is going to be reached before he says, go get my kids. He knows what's going to, um, how long that's going to happen. He, do you think he didn't know that uh, how the Bible would be put together to here, that you wouldn't be here? What if you could talk to that guy and get insight on what to do today? Guess what? Newsflash, you can. Go to him. His spirit resides in you. Let him guide you as you take the steps throughout your day. But if you're not pairing yourself with that conversation with him beforehand, you may walk, have enough history to
0: walk through it and be like, yeah, I think I can make a good decision here, and great. But that's not going to last you forever.
1: The next thing we got to pair with, third, uh, the, the third bullet point in our notes, godly character. <clears throat> godly character. This is a verse, passage, our church is well familiar with galatians 5 22 to 26 but the holy spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control there is no law against these things those who belong to christ jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his to his cross and crucified them there since we are living by the spirit let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. These things need to be
0: growing in us now. Now. Free.
1: Before. Before the struggle, before the hardship, before the joy, before the, the door opens. Now. When you have faith in God, it falls in this pre-category because faith is a front-end ingredient. It requires that you have the unknown for it to be real. Because if you know how it's going to happen and you just navigate it and say, I believe in God, it's not real faith. Faith requires this
0: pre-portion before you know how it goes. None of you have a personal experience about what happens after you die. None of you. But our faith is in the one who does.
1: Death is coming down here. We believe here. He changes what happens in between these two points and our full, complete, total Trust is in the God who we know keeps his word. And so we know that comes there, but there's an element of faith of doing the unknown. Because honestly, you don't know. The last one. Other the the other thing, there's more things you can be paired with, but the four I wanted to draw our attention to today is God's people. God's people. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 through 11. For God chose to save, save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Verse 10. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. He's talking to people who are already believers here. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Galatians 6, 10. Don't get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. The priority structure of the people in your life should always be God, family, and then your brothers and sisters in Christ. And then everybody
0: else. I'm supposed to prioritize the people in my church community over the lost when you serve them.
1: doesn't mean that if you've been given a gift of evangelism that you're supposed to neglect them. No, you operate in your gift. But we see this example in some of these outreaches, right? You don't get to hear the conversations behind the scenes as as we are planning them, but I can assure you that the evangelistic arm of RCC that is that that is just it branched out into Las Vegas, right? Vegas is the third city for, the, for, for helping people and doing outreach and evangelism throughout Arizona, now Southern California, and now Vegas. I can tell you that every time we call him, he's like, it doesn't matter, whatever the church needs is first. It's the correct priority. We're going to go do all this stuff, but if the church needs this stuff, I'll bring it to you first. I'm not sitting here being like, oh, look at how good Poly!" No, he just got his priorities straight. Where did he get that from? The Word. You need somebody who's a believer outside of you to be able to tell you what you can't see. You have blind spots. I have blind spots. And because we're embarrassed to admit or talk about the thing that happened to us, we live in a blind spot, buying into a lie, telling people all around us that we're good when we are not. Horrible things in your life will happen if they haven't already. You know, anybody ever had something terrible happen? One of the greatest. One of the the most debilitating things is what? The loneliness, because I don't want to say what happened. This is why before those things happen or before anything else happens, what do you need to do beforehand? Pair yourself with God's people. You need to have a relationship now that you can lean on then. Invest in the relationship now. You need somebody that's on your level, that's a peer. You need somebody older than you, more experienced than you, that has a different, that has a different life than you, that has been through things that, are, that, are, um, uh, that, that you haven't been through. To know what some of the pitfalls they fell in so you don't have to use the same scars. The scars that you had and that you still have means that you're trustworthy. You lived through it you got something to say. It's hard to trust people with no scar. Find somebody who's scarred, another believer, or someone who you perceive as strong and pair yourself to God's word, to his spirit in prayer, to his, um, to, to, to his people and to his character now. Because we know what's coming. Hardship mockery, struggle, strife. That's not all that's coming. There's some great things that are coming. But we know these things are coming and God has uh, explicitly told us in his word to prepare for these things. So what are you pairing with now? Now, at this point, this is where people start to wander down the road in their mind and they look at the specific situations in their life And they're like, I wish I'd have known that before I opened my mouth. Because I already said the thing that I can't take back. I already did the thing. I already went there. I already fill in the blank. I already made a mess of it. The situation has already derailed. It's already blown up. I wish I'd have known the pair was something ahead of time. But here I am, this is what most people do, after the, the train is off the track and it's, excuse me, everything's derailed, then what do they do? Pray, call the church. Hey, you, you go to church, right? Can you have coffee with me and help me sort out what's going on? They do it too late. He's saying do it early. The wise man looks ahead, sees what's coming, and makes precautions. The simpleton or the fool, in another translation, just goes about and runs into the wall or off the cliff. Prepare now. Put the things in place now. But if you're one of those people who go, dude, I already screwed up. The relationship's damaged.
0: The situation is festering, it's bad. There's another word I want to introduce to you. Re.
1: If we've already made mistakes, God will, through His grace and His sovereignty, give you an opportunity to
0: re. And what is repairing? It's another chance to prepare before you start again.
1: It's another chance for you to prepare before you start again. (laughs) Did you partner at the beginning?
0: Did you pair with anger? Is that why you popped off? Did you partner with um, insecurity? That's why you didn't take the shot. You passed on the opportunity. Did you partner with frustration or arrogance? No one talks to me that way. And is that the thing that caused the problem? If so, you're human, but we serve a God who gives grace and gives us a
1: chance to repair with the correct thing. And before you go and have that next conversation, before you go back and see if that opportunity is still there, before you do the thing that you screwed up down here, because all of us have done that, Before you do that, make sure instead of anger, you paired with peace. Because when you have the peace that passes all understanding and an opportunity doesn't work out, it doesn't derail you, you just know, hey, the God who's in control will open up something else. If arrogance was the thing that derailed you before and you paired with that, I encourage you to pair with your humility. So that you walk in with a heart of gratitude, not a heart of demand. If you have compromised the message of the gospel or your witness because you paired yourself with a need to be accepted. More than pairing yourself with who God says you are. You will have a different outcome when the temptation
0: is presented to you.
1: question for all of us before we actually get full steam ahead running into a new year because we still got 50 of these 52 weeks left in 2024 and we know a whole bunch of stuff that is coming we know some stuff that is that there's some uh, some assumptions that some might be coming specifically for us my question is and my admonition for you now and my encouragement for you now is decide what you're pairing with Prepare. And if you're living in the aftermath of some bad decisions you made in 2023, guess what? Repair. Some of us are living with the aftermath of a decision or something that happened to us not last year, but last decade. never wanted to say it, and we were too embarrassed to admit it, and we didn't want to bring it to light to any of the church folks, because I don't want to mess up their good little version of me. No one has that.
0: Pair yourself now with the right thing. God's Word, His Spirit through prayer, His character that
1: comes through His Spirit, and His people. Does this mean that I have to sing cheesy church songs and go around and say things like, blessed and highly favored? No. I don't care if you do that. But that's not required of you. What's required of you is a relationship with your God, and a relationship with His people, and a relationship with His Word, and a relationship with His Spirit.
0: All of that starts with a faith in Christ. What are you?